Hey, I'm Phil. And I'm Chris. We are two dads who share one simple goal, to be better fathers to our kids. That involves more time together with our families, more books, more movies, more board games, and most importantly, more meals together. And if we're going to spend more meals together, we need to be better cooks. So this is us trying to figure that out. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. I don't know if anybody else is going to like it, but I thought it was not terrible. I was entertained. But I also like podcasts <laughs> where people just for. hang out and talk. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you've gotten me hooked on Back to Work. I love that show. I listen to it all the time. It's one of my go-tos. I have some F1 podcasts I listen to, Back to Work, and some David Chang stuff. The occasional Enneagram podcast. It's kind of my repertoire. That's cool. I think I'm pretty much down to Planetary Radio. I can't say I've listened to that. Recently gave that one another go. Oh, it's cool. It's uh, it's a guy who talks about space, and he usually has Bill Nye on. Bill Nye, the science guy, still doing stuff with, with science. So I listen to that podcast, and I am a big armchair expert fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a cherry. Let's see. What are, what are some of my other fun ones? I mean, like the classics, you know? Like the stuff you should know, this American stuff life, you should know. Yeah, radio Josh lab. Yeah. The very first podcast I ever listened to was in 2008, maybe 2007. And yeah, the very first podcast I ever listened to was in 2007. And it was a stuff you should know podcast. I think I Googled what is podcast and stuff you should know came up and there was an episode on how to survive a plane crash. And it, it wasn't like, really, how are you going to survive a plane crash? It was like, if you want to increase your odds of living in a plane crash from, you know, like one in a million to one in a million plus one, that's so that's odds. how you do it. Yeah. No, those are, those would be better odds. I'm, I'm talking about living. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's worse odds. Two in a million would be better odds. <laughs> right. You're right. That's true. Math was never my strong suit. If you, if you, you want know. to increase your odds of living to one in a billion, from one in a million. Yeah. It was, I, I remember one of the things was sit towards the back of the plane. Because like if that fuselage is going to explode, it's going to explode from the... F- and then let's see. What's another one? I think don't fly. Might have been on the- <laughs> Take a car. Although I'm pretty sure yeah. like driving probably has that. Driving is probably more dangerous than flying. But... Yeah, good on Josh and Chuck. Yeah, Josh and Chuck, good podcasters right there. Two of the best. I think they're up to like like 2,000 episodes. Wow. Maybe. It's been a little yeah. while since I've listened to them. That's probably the podcast that got me into podcasts. So thanks, Josh and Chuck. But you know what podcast I listen to more than any of them? Ours because you have to do show notes. Yeah, Dad's Kitchen. <laughs> Got to do some show notes. And if anybody is curious about those show notes, they can be found at dadskitchenco.com. Or I recently started doing show notes on our Instagram stories. I don't know if people are watching those. I don't know if they're helpful, but they're there. That sounds like it'd be helpful. Okay. There's actually a really fascinating story on how Instagram became what Instagram is, yeah. which reminds me of another podcast I like called uh, How I Built This with Guy Ross. That's a good one. That's definitely a good one. For sure. Yeah. He's a good dude. But anyways, he tells a story of how the co-founder went on a vacation with his wife and they're trying to figure out like where they're going to go with Instagram. I mean, you know, like, do we continue working this thing? It's kind of, kind of feel like it's flailing a little bit. Do we shut it down? Do we sell it? What do we do? And his wife said, well, the reason why I don't love Instagrams very much is because it's easy to compare 
my pictures with other people's pictures and and her husband was like well it's not so much that you know he's got a really good camera he just uses these filters to make the pictures look nice and she's like oh well then you should just include filters in the app so that people can use those he's like that's a great idea and so he did that started started including filters on the pictures and then instagram like ex- totally exploded after that so thought that was kind of a fascinating story. But also Instagram is totally killing food because you make something like one of your favorite mother sauces and you realize this doesn't look nearly as good as Billy Bob's mother sauces over there. I don't know how you judge a sauce by a picture though, I guess. Like, can you can <laughs> you tell so dumb. <laughs> Can you tell the difference between a bechamel and like milk from a picture? Maybe maybe it depends Probably on not. if it's like no. poured on something like it has a different level of viscosity. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I do think that concept is really super interesting just in general. When you are comparing yourself to anything on social media, you could easily be comparing yourself to the absolute best in the world in any given category. Yeah, I've, I've noticed like even on the Dad's Kitchen page, which by the way is Dad's Kitchen Co., to not follow all the top food blogs in the world, like, you know, Food 52 or Epicurious or New York Times Cooking, you know, all those like really, really big names in the in the food network. If you only follow those, then, yeah, you're just going to get like super discouraged. Like my hollandaise never looks like that. Yeah, it's, it's hard to compare to the top 10 in the whole entire world. Yeah, it is. But also, did you just say hollandaise? I did. Yeah. Huh. Do you, it's funny. Do you think we should maybe dive in? Because I was thinking that, you know, after bechamel, (laughs) hollandaise is actually kind of one of the only other mother sauces that I've ever made. So that's probably not true. Maybe maybe we could dive into that. Yeah, there are a few different mother sauces in France, more specifically five. And we talked a little bit about that on our bechamel episode. Chris, it's really hard to make. I don't think it's that easy to make. Really? I think we've we've only made it a couple of times. We did Mother's Day at our house and actually like kind of made a large batch of eggs benedicts. And we stumbled across this interesting blender recipe. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. it's like absolute abomination of hollandaise. But I thought it turned out pretty decent and it wasn't that hard doing it that way. But I like controlling all of the temperatures and everything. But we were probably cheating. Ashley's made it with the blender before. And I mean, she's she's made it a couple of times. This turned out really, really well. So I don't think it's cheating. I mean, it's that's probably no different than making a cup of tea and then using an electric tea kettle. And then your mother-in-law comes over and is like, that's not tea, right? So that's not fair to say. But I think making it with like a double boiler Mm -hmm. and managing your heat and making sure you get just the right a bit of ingredients in there for the perfect emulsification (laughs) you uh you you really need to be nuanced about it it can be a little difficult so phil yeah it seems like you are quite familiar with hollandaise and the the making of do you want to talk through that process Okay. I wouldn't say I'm quite familiar, but... Oh, I uh, think you're I, an expert. That's awfully kind of you. Okay. So Hollandaise, it is it is one of the five mother sauces in France, though it originated in Holland or the Netherlands, if you will. And it's basically egg yolk that has been beaten quite rigorously. Like a redheaded it's stepchild. Like... <laughs> the one you keep uh-huh. in the basement, not the good one. Yeah. Right. 
The one you only bring out when you want to get canceled. So it is egg yolks that have been beaten. It is butter. It's just a little bit of water. And it's lemon juice. And there's a whole process that goes in with that. That's one way to make hollandaise. There's actually like kind of a few different variations of that. You could use vinegar in some derivatives. But for me, I like to kind of stick to the to the French way. Yeah. So how would you describe the consistency and maybe like the flavor profile to somebody that hasn't had it before? Wow. Okay. Flavor profile I think is probably going to be a little bit of a zesty flavor, which probably comes from the lemon. Okay, you got some acidic tang to it. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the acid for sure. It's going to be a really fluffy, airy, and it kind of tastes a little bit like mayonnaise, maybe because of the because of the egg yolks a little bit, but but you get some of that butter flavor as well, yeah. which mayonnaise definitely does not have butter. <laughs> I don't know. Is that is that a good description, Chris? You tell me. Yeah. See, I, it's no, hard to I, answer I, that I because so. nobody ever just tastes it by itself. Like hollandaise is served with other things. I mean, right? would, would it's, you it's, call it's like it an egg savory? Benedict. Would I call it savory? Yeah. Yes, I would call it savory. Because I, I think there's an element of savoriness with the tang. And it's something that, as a sauce, it's something that can bring an interesting level of balance to whatever it's being used on. So that tang can like help cut an overly fatty dish or something like that. I think, obviously, Eggs Benedict is the most common and famous dish that you might encounter hollandaise on here in the U.S. these days. It's not just the most famous dish that has hollandaise. It's also the famous, most famous egg dish in the world, don't you think? Is it? Other than scrambled? Yeah. Other than scrambled excellence? I don't think everybody does scrambled eggs. Well, everybody's missing out then. I don't know. Actually, I, I kind of really like fried eggs. I go back and forth. I like fried eggs, personally. But whatever. Have you ever gone to poached, a restaurant that's super basic, like, I don't know, Belgium. an IHOP, yeah, or whatever, and they ask you how you want your eggs and you say poached? Just to get a reaction. <laughs> I can't say that I have. I've always kind of <laughs> wanted to do that. <laughs> or, or like show up to someone's house. Hey, how do you want your eggs, Chris? Poached, please. Yeah, so Benedict, obviously, is, is the poached eggs topped with the hollandaise. Yes. And it's really, really good. It is fantastic. Typically served over like an English muffin or something like that. Actually, um, one of the restaurants here, Brother Lux, gosh, I don't remember exactly what all they did differently, but I do remember that he served an eggs Benedict on, I think it was like an Indian cornbread, like a, like a, a slice of Indian cornbread using blue corn and had a, a piece of pork belly on there. Oh, that sounds really it good. It is just fantastic. So good. I don't know if he still has it on the menu or not, but it was probably one of the best Benedict dishes I've had. So definitely a favorite. But as far as the hollandaise sauce, other than Benedict, what other things, like what other things have you used it on or, or seen it on or enjoyed it on? Seen it on like steamed vegetables. Yeah. Asparagus. Or broccoli or cauliflower, carrots. I think I actually have had it on asparagus. Uh, I have had it on, on like salmon. You know, like a, some type of fish that has like a little bit more like fat content to yeah. it, like a salmon. And it's really good. And again, it's... I've had it on crepes. Okay. What type of... Like what other stuff? Oh, actually, you know what? Thinking about it, like chicken thighs and hollandaise over like like and crepes. Get your crepes weekly with, chicken thigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. There should be there should there. be a thing. I'm just thinking about the fat content in the, in the chicken thighs. You know that that dark meat being so much more fatty than white meat, and the that kind of acidity in the hollandaise balancing that out nicely. So you would say, just from like a foundational point, that the the acidity of the hollandaise just naturally pairs well with a fatty 
like entree or, or protein maybe? Right now, I'm feeling that way. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's how anybody else would think, but like right now where I'm at, I think something like a, as we talked about before, a bechamel, it can be a very rich sauce and, and uh, a hollandaise can, can be as well. But I think with a bechamel, you do run the risk of getting to a place that's just too, too rich in, in fat overall. Where with the hollandaise, it feels like it's something that can be a little bit more complex and balance dishes out a little bit more as well. And it's a pretty good description. It's, you know, it's a little challenging because you don't necessarily know exactly what it's supposed to look like right away. And in a way, that's kind of why I love it. It's, it's just like pushing yourself a little bit. I think most of the things that we've talked about so far on the show have been relatively simple. I think hollandaise is kind of like stepping it up a bit. It's something that you can try and that you can fail and then you can try again. I think all of these things are that way though. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's, it's great about cooking and food and that, you know, it's, it's just a meal. And if it's you suck it up, meal. there's tomorrow. We have to eat three times a day. So you've got a few chances. One thing about that, Phil, that I do I do like, I think there's an element of feel and intuition that you can apply. And, you know, we're, we're kind of just going through this process of, of trying to get better at all of this and figure it out. And I think I started with this mentality that the recipe was like the be all end all of my experience in the kitchen. Yeah. And that's a good way to look at it. Man, I've realized that that's really not the case. And right. at best, like a recipe should be like a, a loose and rough guide that kind of points you in the right direction. And you're the one that's actually there. You're tasting where something is at based on the ingredients that you have in it. And there's a lot of freedom. There's freedom to substitute. There's freedom to like adjust as you go. But there's also this element of, of like intuition that comes into play. And, and maybe, maybe just maybe, Hollandaise is one of those things that takes a little bit bit of intuition to get that right consistency because like you're the one that's there and you see like where it's at and kind of as you're pouring those different things in you're you're finding that like right equilibrium for the consistency that you're going for is that kind of maybe something that you were along the lines of what you're thinking there absolutely yeah that recipe it's not like this you know 12 step guide to success it's like i almost feel like the recipe should almost be a suggestion in a way you know, like here, here's one way to make it. Let us know your thoughts. But I don't know if I don't know if American recipes really leave space for that anymore. And that kind of makes me sad a little bit because then it just kind of makes us stupid. Do you ever read the comments in a recipe? Every now and then. I think they can be pretty helpful yeah. at times. I feel like that's a great idea. Like someone can make a suggestion on, you know, just so you know, I did this a little bit differently. This kind of worked for me. This didn't. Sometimes it's helpful to read those comments. Yeah. I feel like I pour over reviews before I buy anything and it kind of feels like the same thing. Sure. Can't get a little extra firsthand knowledge there. Maybe we could start leaving comments on recipes. Yeah. Maybe we should. And then point them back to the podcast. And then point. Yes. <laughs> Self-promotion. No, no issue there. No. No. Okay, so you mentioned that you had uh, pork belly with a yes with a Benedict, and it like totally worked. It was amazing. I kind of feel like maybe pork in general is just like a really good pairing with with a hollandaise oh, yeah. because I've had on two separate occasions an eggs Benedict, one with a braised pork, mm. and it absolutely slayed. And that was actually at Snooze, good little. Uh, breakfast restaurant chain in Colorado. Not the worst breakfast in the world. And then we have recently made it with prosciutto. 
topped with some arugula and then a balsamic reduction. And that prosciutto is just like so rich in flavor with the hollandaise. So that might be my my favorite way to do an eggs benedict. Prosciutto, arugula, and balsamic reduction. So That sounds super good. And then, yeah, served over an English muffin. I approve. So I have a question. I approve. Are yes. you going to take your pain Purdue from a couple of days ago? With the ice cream on top? And are you going to... Yeah, and then are you going to top that with with some hollandaise? Absolutely not. It sounds terrible. <laughs> but the shot. let's just combine, at the end of the semester, everything that we've learned into one dish. Ice cream. With ice cream on top. One thing that that, for some reason, does bring to mind, I don't, I don't know why, but uh, the idea that this is one of the mother sauces, which means mm-hmm. that there are derivative sauces from it. And, you know, kind of like uh, Mornay with the bechamel, hollandaise has quite a few derivatives as well. And maybe one of these days after we cover some of the mother sauces, we can dive into some of the other smaller or daughter or derivative sauces. Are there any derivative sauces of, of hollandaise that you've had some experience with? So the one that comes to mind, I think I'm pronouncing this right, is the Ber- Bernay. Bernay? Is it is it Bernays? Ber- is it Bernays? Yeah, I guess it would I be. Think it Hollandaise, is. mayonnaise, Bernays, which I think is basically your Hollandaise with like a white wine vinegar, or is it just white wine? I can't remember. It's like an interesting reduction that has shallot, chervil, peppercorns, tarragon, and then like a reduction of vinegar and wine. Yeah. Okay, so. A bunch of seasonings with with the wine and vinegar. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. and then there were there were some variations or even like derivatives of that by just substituting a couple a couple of the smaller things. So like if you substituted the the tarragon for mint, it's like a different sauce. Or if you actually reduced that white wine, it's another sauce. If you removed the tarragon and chervil and added a tomato puree, it's a totally different sauce. So even even kind of that derivative sauce has its own derivatives, which is interesting to me. Yeah, it's just like this endless book of sauce derivatives. Sauces all the way down, Phil. That is interesting. What do, what do they call this? What do they call the sauce guy in the in the kitchen? Like a French kitchen? I don't know, saucier? Is it a saucier? Yeah. The saucier is like one of the more important ones. When I say sauce guy, I I obviously don't mean guy. You mean man. You know. Sorry. Don't. Not where I was going with that, but yeah. <laughs> the sauce human. The, so- yeah. the sauce human. I think having having a foundation of ho- a hollandaise kind of leads you to a lot of really interesting and complex sauces. It seems like to me it has a lot of utility and really ups your kitchen game for sure. I'm really curious to see what some of our uh, our fans out there do with their hollandaise. Do they do they slap it on some French toast? Do they slap it on some crepes? Do they just drink it? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's find out, Chris. <laughs> I'm not sure. I want to know. If anybody's out there drinking it, I definitely don't want to know. <laughs> Please do not send us that video. Please do not send us that video at Dad's Kitchen Co. on Instagram. But if you have a fantastic Benedict, yes, we would love to see that. Oh, most definitely. Gosh, I love Eggs Benedict. I am a fan. It's been a while since I've had that, but uh, I'm a fan. So maybe maybe that's, that's my own uh, personal challenge for this next week. Good. And... We could probably do an entire episode. We could probably do like an entire five-part mini-series on how to poach an egg because it's also not that easy. No, that's that's actually the part that deters me the most, probably way more than the hollandaise. Yeah. So poached egg and some hollandaise, you make that for your family this week and you're going to definitely up your your skills. So 
You can do it, guys and girls. Yes, we believe in you. We have faith. So, Phil, as always, if people were going to reach out, send us images of things that they've been making, videos of themselves drinking hollandaise sauce straight. Where might they send those? Dad's kitchen co, homie. <laughs> cool. We're done. Oh, 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 oh,